Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. It's always so difficult getting home from the road on a Monday because you're like being dropped into a race, a race where you're running, but no one's actually answering your emails. <laughs> but like a Sunday, you're like, okay, so we're all taking this easy, right? It's the Lord's day. I can do laundry. Oh, it's a Monday and my dryer's broken. Cool. <gasps> and so, man, it is, it is a beast getting home from Vermont. Connecting flight. Oh. country flight, but we did it. Yeah, there's no, sh- shocker, there's no direct Burlington to LAX. <laughs> but we had a tremendous weekend in New England. Uh, an incredible show with TD Garden. Thank you once again for to Dunkin' Donuts for being such an incredible partner. It's so cool. All the VIPs feel special. It was cool. I was really, I mean, I I felt like that's the way my show should be consumed, like on a massive stage. And then, we went to Portland, Maine, and Vermont, which we booked this time of year. The leaves hadn't quite turned, but you still get to see all the beautiful dells and farms and all the bucolic wonder. And it was funny. We were driving through New Hampshire and Noah was like, I can't tell if this is like cute apple cider or like from my cold dead hands. And I was like, I feel like it's a little both. I feel like there's a bleed over. Like anytime you get a farm and cuteness, it spills over into like come and take it territory which uh, I think New Hampshire is all about. Vermont, not as much, even though Ethan Allen, Blue Ridge Boys. But still, anyway, love it up there. Vermont's an interesting state because it's like the hippiest of crunchiest amid like super conservative, like Blue Lives Matter, lots of American flags. So you're like, I can't, it's a very purple place, but overall liberal and above all adorable. I always stock up on like maple syrup candles when I go there. Just letting my, just releasing my middle-aged white woman all over the place. Uh, Did you wear your custom leaf peeping shirts? I didn't wear, that's so cute. I should have done that. I do have a Spirit of Ethan Allen boat tour shirt that they gave me last time. I wore that under my coat. And in Maine, I wore my Maine shirt that has like a little lobster on it. And it's not the top of the cob because I had something else, but... 
Uh, I did have a fan. You saw it on the Ask Eliza Anything Instagram who re-listened to our candy episode and brought every candy I talked about. And I think that that's really special. It's so nice. Very cool gift. Yeah. We had some great shows. Wrote a bunch of new material and uh, I'll be doing that this weekend at the Hollywood Improv running this hour just for the fun of it. Got two shows, eight o'clock sold out. See you at the 10. And we'll plug more shows like Vegas and all the other states. Vegas, states just like Vegas <laughs> after this. But let's do the episode. Let's give the people a pure, distilled, hard-hitting Ask Eliza Anything where we just dole out the hot takes. We had something that I, I don't know if it's ever happened before on the show. I can't recall it happening. Someone has written in and they are the other side of a question that we answered. The actual one, not just someone with a similar story, but the person that was being talked about. Oh, oh. Whoa, finally. So. You do enough episodes, you, you cast a wide enough net, you finally get both sides. Let's do it. Okay, so I'm going back first of all. So the, the initial, our letter writer says, hi, Eliza, Emily, and crew. I, 32 female, I'm the coworker who was on maternity leave from your story in, quote, it's a conspiracy against you, which was a May 3rd episode. Okay, it is now October. And wanted to write in my side of the story, but also give a bit of an update and ask for your advice. All right, so I, I went back and I found the original question. 43-year-old woman worked in the pharma industry for over 20 years, expressed interest in a leadership slash management role. They hadn't had direct reports before, but was looking forward to the challenge. Their boss was really supportive. They made a plan, like a 70-20-10 plan. There were metrics that they defined it by, like everything's above board, right? And they're like, okay, you're a shoe-in. This woman who's up for the role, she doesn't want it. She's on maternity leave. This guy doesn't want it. And then they're like, ooh, ooh, sorry, this guy does want it actually, and it's going to him. So all that work you put in, done for. And the guy hadn't been at the company as long. He had been at the company a little longer, but was not in a higher position. They were in kind of the same role. Okay. Like there was no, okay. there wasn't a super big edge to to either of them basically, but it certainly seemed like they were training this woman up to take the role based on all these conversations. And he, right. And they talked her up and she didn't want it. So it seemed wide open. Okay. Okay. So the person writing in is the woman that was on maternity leave who had said she didn't want the role. So my coworker who wrote in and I did discuss both sides of our story, but listening to the podcast really gave me a whole new take. And I think this is actually a really important part of this podcast is sometimes when you hear your own situation right out loud, I think it's very different <laughs> than when you're just spinning your totally. wheels over it. Okay. I think that's the basis is me repeating back to people how insane they sound. And they're like, you're right. I should get out of this polyamorous, non-committal relationship where I have to pay them. <laughs> you're right. It is silly. When I was on maternity leave, my former boss called me and let me know he was going to be leaving and that a position would be opened up. And he recommended I discuss with my new boss about my interest. I texted my new boss that I was interested and he stated we would discuss when I got back from leave. The week after I returned, I had a one-on-one -on -one with my boss and told him I was very interested in the role. He gave me an on-the-spot pseudo-interview asking how I would structure meetings and what I see the role focusing on. After answering, he told me he would let me know. Weeks and weeks went by, and every time I was able to have a one-on-one -on -one with my boss, most of them were cut short due to overlapping meetings, I would ask him about the position. He would blow it off to say he was still considering. I had no idea at the time that he told the other candidates that I was not interested. 
It was only during a department-wide meeting that I found out he gave the position to a younger male colleague. The following day, I met with my boss and told him how upset I was at the fact that he shared the information with the group before telling me that I didn't get the job. While I saw it coming, his response was, well, honestly, I didn't have to tell you ahead of time. When I asked him why he gave the job to the other individual, he proceeded to give me very small but specific examples of things he thought I didn't handle as well as how he thought the male coworker would handle them. Fast forward a few months, I am on family leave for personal reasons and I'm expected to go back in November while the male coworker turned boss has left the company. I have not talked to anyone on the team. Yeah. I have not talked to anyone on the team except for my colleague who initially wrote in. Spoiler alert, she is now my boss. I feel so defeated by this team and I'm starting to question if I should go back. I don't have anything else lined up yet, although I have been speaking with former bosses and coworkers about potential opportunities, even within the same company, just external to my current group. I'm worried that all the toxicity I feel for my own group will continue to trickle in no matter where I go in my current company, but... I wonder if after all these months, I should be over it by now. Would love to hear from you. I love all your specials. And I saw you on tour in Melbourne, Australia, when my now husband and I were vacationing just before the pandemic shut us all down. Thank you for all you do. And congratulations on the baby boy. Okay. So this is really interesting because it basically is showing how your workplace will shaft you. (laughs) Yeah, because basically you had a guy who was in charge and he was leaving and the position was opening up and he wanted to give it to this other guy who like could have taken it or left it. And in the end he did leave it and he made you jump through hoops. You were like, I would be, I would love this. And he put you off and he put you off. And then to give you an interview on the spot, this is, I run into this with pitching all the time where like you pitch to some executive and weeks go by and you're like, how are you interpreting what little you remember from that like post-lunch haze pitch you took and like firing that up the ladder. I think you were set up to fill from the beginning. I think an on-the-spot interview is bullshit. I think the answers he gave, I think he wanted to hire the guy. And, you know, maybe maybe you are good at your job, maybe you're not, but the answer should have been more concrete. And I don't think, I think if it's all these months later, you have no recourse. That boss is gone And now the other girl is your boss and you're probably fine with that, but you feel sort of bilked out of something. Now, the other version is like, maybe she won it fair and square, but making you do that and wait and you were never even seriously considered, it just seems, I don't know if leaving the group because the people who made those shitty decisions aren't there. The guy who got the job isn't there and the boss who did that isn't there. So maybe a change of scenery or... Are you okay with working with this woman? I can't answer those things for you. But uh, it just comes down to you just work for like a guy who was super unprofessional and kind of shitty. That sucks. And also, it's important to look at this. Okay, look, you have to be careful what you say to your coworkers. Don't trust anyone. Don't trust HR, et cetera, et cetera. But both you and this other woman were sitting there thinking things that weren't true because you were being cordoned off from one another. So they were being told you weren't interested. Like you were being told you had the job. That's even weirder. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But again, leaving only hurts. If you like the job, don't leave. Because the person who did this again isn't there. So I don't know how your office works. I don't know if it's, there's a lot of people who heard about that. If you can rise above it, is it worth it? Is there potential for growth? But don't cut off the, your nose to spite your face. Like, that guy's not there. So will leaving matter to anyone but you? 
Look at other jobs, interview with people, talk to your former coworkers and bosses. Don't leave without another job. It's not toxic. I mean, it's a little toxic. It's a little gross. If you get something else, great. But this isn't like get out, run. This is, okay, start looking at your other options. When you said to him, like, why did you tell everyone I wasn't interested? I'd be interested to hear what he said to that. Probably nothing. Well, like, oh, I didn't. You're a dumb woman. Your ears are small. Yeah, a guy that's going to be like, I didn't have to tell you. It's like, okay, but don't you want there to be, even if you think you're in the right, don't you want there to be some sort of cohesion, decent feelings on the team, you idiot? Yeah, Yeah. no, they don't care. Next question. Also important to remember, guess what? When you're writing in, your coworkers could be listening, but please keep writing in. I love that. (laughs) Make the world smaller. I'm waiting for someone to write in and be like, I'm the shitty friend they're talking about. Here's the truth about my medication. Those people never know that it's them. No, no one ever thinks they're the problem. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month, access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing, and they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility, plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable, and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality. And every once in a while, getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. 
And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Okay, how do you feel about a kind of deep question for the pod? Are you in a state post-Northeast? Oh, man, I got airplane brain. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's dive right in. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and everyone. I'm a 29-year-old female. I have three tickets for your show in Portland in November that I got for me, my boyfriend, and my brother. I bought them months ago as a birthday present. Early show. Early show or late show? Early show or late show? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) He He introduced me to your stand-up years ago, and I've been such a fan ever since. My life completely changed when my brother tragically and unexpectedly died about a month and a half ago. He and I were a year and a half apart in age and very close. We had been through a lot. To say it was devastating is an understatement. I'm giving the ticket that was for my brother to my boyfriend's sister, who was also a huge fan of you. Figure if my sibling can no longer go, my boyfriend's sibling can, and we'll have a nice time. I'm writing because you are my number one role model when it comes to being intrepid and gritting your teeth through life's challenges. So much of the advice you've given, I've taken and improved my life with. I know you are very aware of the unhinged behavior of the human race. I wish so badly we could evolve out of some of the bullshit behavior we are stuck in. With your steadfastness and courage and second kiddo on the way, can you give us your latest take on any optimism you have for the future? What keeps you going when life's tragedies feel like they keep leveling up? In those dark individual moments, what do you tell yourself as far as you're comfortable sharing here? I think when I see people that I respect have hope, it gives me hope. I haven't had something that jarring happen to me. I haven't had a relative unexpectedly die or... I will be honest, I have not had to deal with a lot of the things that people write in about when we talk about abusive relatives or narcissistic parents or alcoholism or drug abuse. Like people everywhere are dealing with so much garbage and dealing with it better than I do with my minor life inconveniences. And I'm always impressed by that. People that just like keep on, keep on. And it's funny that you say you look to me for that because I kind of always am looking for someone to like give me positive climate news, give me positive a positive outlook. Is everything going to be okay? I think whatever time you're living in, you always think this is the end. This is awful. There's always wars. There's always sicknesses. Never forget that the internet makes everything heavier and closer and more immediate. I really struggle with my phone, especially, uh, I, I look at it so much and especially with the war in Israel. It's disgusting how much I look at it. And you look at it because you want to educate yourself. You also want to know what's going on. And you're looking for, in many cases, people who agree with you or make you feel a little bit better. People that relieve you of any sort of mental burden. So my first piece of advice would be put the phone down. Because no matter how 
heavy your life is, whatever you're dealing with, there's always stepping outside until it's too hot and you get skin cancer. But there's always going and doing something small for yourself. I started reading instead of looking at my phone and I feel just like a little bit better. Like bad news will always be there. You can set it down for now. The weight of the world is not on your shoulders. Nobody actually cares. And so you can always pick back up feeling shitty whenever you want. It's always there. Take some time to do some things for yourself. And I'm not talking about this like fill up my cup, self-care, order things off Amazon. I'm talking about take a walk. I'm talking about reach out to a friend that makes you feel good. You know, it could even be retail therapy. It could even be buying like a cute little trinket, cleaning out a closet, just doing things that remove you from your situation. And as far as everything goes, I think by the time the world is bad enough to live in, you probably won't be alive. But there are good people, just so you know, everywhere working on good solutions. And that will never change. And you can't get bogged down with that because then you'll never leave your house. And I think because of the internet, because we each have our own portal to all of this, we all think like, this is on me. This is happening now. For the most part, you go outside. You're very lucky. The sun is still shining. You still have your rights. You still have protections. This isn't about other people have it worse. So don't feel bad. You're allowed to feel bad. But for every down, there is an up. Of course, the other bad side of that is for every up, there is a down. So watch out. In terms of optimism, I think it's really great that you've already decided, you've given this ticket to your brother's sister to bring her into the fold in the same way that your brother, you know, brought you, was going to bring you to the show. I think that that's really nice and that this show will be hopefully cathartic, but I think that's really thoughtful of you. So it'd be easy to say like, no, nobody's going to, like, we're never going to laugh again, but you haven't chosen that tack. But I I think that, that comes that has to do with like uplifting other people when you feel down, mm-hmm. which is a big part of comedy. It's a big part of the internet is like something bad happened to me. So I don't want other people to go through this. There is narcissism in that because you still are asking people to look at you, but there is the version where you're like, hey, this horrible thing happened. So I'm helping other people know about safety or awareness or preparedness or whatever it is. I think a lot of people, I think it's a win-win. Something bad happens to you, so you try to uplift those around you. And eventually, you know, a high tide floats all boats. You know, you be that boat. That's what I think. I find that when I'm at my saddest is when the, I never post quotes, like, <laughs> you know, about like living, like dancing in the rain. But I do find that sometimes when I'm sad, reaching out to strangers online and making them feel better helps. So I'm not saying to do that. I'm just saying like, it's great that you gave her that ticket. Maybe make a night of it and just keep putting your sunshine out there. Because when we retreat in, this is not dissimilar to the woman who wants to quit because of the weird job. Nobody cares. Like someone might call, but like when you're having a shitty day, like for the most part, it's just shitty until you decide it's not. Like I live in LA. I Today I got like feedback on a script that I'd been waiting for for a very long time that was really shitty. <gasps> and we had a writer quit on this project. And I was just like, okay, well, it's I'll just set this down for now and come back to it later. Thank God for stand-up. It's hard. It never stops being endlessly hard. All of it. And just count your blessings, you know? 
Like that time I did mushrooms and Molly and Blanche came in the room and I swear she said to me, hello, I'm here to be your blessing. And I was like, you are my blessing. What did her Focus voice on sound your dog's like? mouth. Probably my voice. Just your exact voice. Well, I'm here to be your blessing. This is me. <laughs> Long time listener, first time writing in. I absolutely love everything you and Emily do. I'm a fellow cat lover and owner. My sister-in-law has introduced me to you a few years ago, and whenever you're in town, we get tickets. My brother's married some smart gals. Okay, so this is important, Eliza. Your pre-show music slash playlist is amazing. We would definitely stream it if it was posted on Spotify. It's on Spotify, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's the Hard Feelings Tour 2023. Not only that, we have a code when you're in the show, if there's a screen at that venue, where we're like, grab this and stream it. You definitely can. Hard Feelings Tour 2023. You can definitely follow it. It's definitely free. Okay, good. And they shared a cute picture of them. And they said, my sister-in-law... In-laws and I went to the show at the Garden, strong Boston accent. What a show it was. Yes. We had our tickets from Christmas. Well, hold on. In Boston, it was a DJ named Sounds Bono, who is a Emerson grad who we hired to DJ. So if you liked his playlist, give him a follow. Uh, but there was a Spotify QR code up on the Jumbotron. So you can follow the Hard Feelings playlist. His set list was loosely based off that, but he definitely like took his own creative liberties. So credit where credit's due. <laughs> you were hearing him. This is just a, a nice message. We had our tickets from Christmas. The seats were so close. Closest I'd ever been and probably will ever be. Laura Peak was the opener, right? In yes. Boston. Laura Peak, Hunter, and Hunter were amazing. Of course, Eliza had us laughing the whole time. A night of laughter is exactly what we needed. Life and all the stresses that come with it. An excellent comedy show is a chef's kiss. Also, funny mention, my sister-in-law got Noah's cookbook and was super excited to meet him. She loved the cooking show during COVID. The merch was amazing. Just take my money and keep coming back to Boston. Much love and respect from an elder millennial superfan, Robin. Thanks, Robin. I will keep taking your money. No, we we had a great show. They really blew it out. Uh, and I'm glad you liked all the things that we worked really hard to prepare for you. That makes me happy. We always want to deliver a bigger and better show. You curate an experience you for your show. I try to. I really respect that my fans bought a ticket. I really respect. I mean, I'm there to shepherd you through a good time. I'm there to give you a professional time. I don't start late unless the audience is late. I do my hour. I do not take it lightly that people spend time and money to come see me. It's a schlep. I don't go to concerts. I wouldn't go see me. Be tired. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk 
talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge, and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy, and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby, I'm back to work, I'm at meetings, I'm on tour, I'm running around, and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals, because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and Snow Peach. Question. Do I message an old friend slash roommate about items they left behind when moving out? These items could be sentimental. Backstory. In 2018, my best friend and I moved in together. In 2020, life took us in different directions and we haven't really spoken since. When she moved in 2020, she left behind a dish set from her grandmother and a gift she received for her quinceanera. I moved shortly after her and held on to them in case she realized they were missing and wanted them. It has now been three years and I'm moving again. We haven't talked. Should I reach out or simply donate the items? I imagine it has been three years. If she remembered them and wanted them, she would have reached out. But then I feel bad to just donate them. Thank you for your time and advice, Deandra. You already reached out, right? No. She was waiting for the other person to reach out. Oh, simply reach out. Reach out once. Be like, I have the... Yeah, just reach out once. What's the... Of course, you've already done this, I'm sure. What? What's stopping you from reaching out? Sounds like things You know, it's going to be complicated. Well. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Doing the right thing. Like, hey, I'm moving. I have these items. Just wondering if you wanted to come get them. I'll be around and give her a window. I'll be around this Saturday and Sunday. I'm happy to leave them for you. It's only complicated if she's like, yeah, could you pack them up and FedEx them? The answer is no. Uh, Because you've held on to them for so long, she may have forgotten them, but it doesn't sound like they mean anything to her. So... I don't know how far away she lives or her family. You could drop them off, but make it easy on yourself. Hey, uh, I'm home, you know, six to nine, Tuesday through Thursday. If you want to come get them, I can leave them outside for you. Give her options. And if she makes it complicated, just you're good. That's it. You don't owe her anything and you held on to them for long enough. Kick it. Hey, Eliza and the wonderful AIA crew. Long time listener, first time question asker. My new husband and I had the pleasure of attending your show in Denver the Saturday before our wedding, and it was spectacular. Congratulations on your pregnancy announcement. We can't wait to see you and Noah celebrate the welcoming of your wonderful baby boy and hear all the big sister stories with Sierra. My question. I, 30 female, just got married the Friday following your show, and I've been struck with an intense case of post-wedding blues. My wedding day was everything I wanted to be and more, minus a few small hiccups. I am now married to the man of my dreams. 
We got married on a Friday, hoping that a large portion of traveling guests would take the time to spend with us over the weekend. However, almost everyone left the following Saturday, despite our plans to continue the celebration all weekend long. I'm now back at work and feeling a persistent sadness over the fact that my wedding day is done and over with. I'm also feeling very relieved as I have planned the day for a year and a half and now have a honeymoon to plan for next summer, but can't help but feel like these emotions are not normal. When I try to talk to my husband, 32 male, about it, he becomes upset that my day wasn't good enough or that I'm focusing too much on the negatives. He was very understanding the first day, but since has displayed disappointment anytime I try to talk through these feelings with him. He wants me to be happy and be joyful of our union, which I definitely am. I get butterflies in my stomach every time I get to call him my husband and when he calls me his wife. But I still have a looming feeling of emptiness and sadness that this major life event has come and gone, and I'm back to the same routine without much of a break. I feel like these feelings are a normal part of the wedding process, but because of their negative impact on my mental and emotional health, many people don't want me focusing on these feelings when I'm trying to work past them so I can be happy. Did you or anyone you know experience post-wedding blues? What's your advice to move past these feelings and get back to the gratitude that I'm finally married? Why doesn't anyone tell you about these feelings after your wedding day? Appreciate any and all advice you can offer. With love and gratitude from one of your biggest fans, Zoe. P.S. We hosted a local rescue for our cocktail hour and two puppies were adopted at our wedding. You inspired me to use my wedding day to give back to a cause we cared about. And because of this, two sweet pups have found their forever homes. That's really cool that you did that at your wedding. Um, I've never heard of that before. Zoe, do you, are you in like a conservative sort of relationship? Sounds like it. I'm flagging that because you said union. uh, And then you brought up gratitude a few times, which is something that, of course, gratitude is important. But I find that people, how can I put this delicately? It's sort of like a, commercialized Christian female only patina we apply to stuff. The insistence that women always be showing gratitude is a burden placed on us because we don't want any woman to feel too proud of what she's doing without equivocating about how grateful she is. I wrote about this in my book. Like You don't know how grateful that woman is. You don't know if she secretly works at a soup kitchen or thanks God every night. The gratitude word always rings a little um, saccharine to me. And their gratitude that you're married to your husband. I don't know if it applies here. And I also, he's your brand new husband and he's already, and you're using the word mad which means he felt like he gave you this day. Now, maybe you're coming off as ungrateful. Like maybe the way you're talking, I don't think you are just based on this letter, but I don't think you're like, and it was bullshit. I wanted more. Like where was everything? Yeah. It's not fair that he's frustrated with you. So I just want to kind of look at all of that. I think the same thing pinged for me. And I think the reason it would be important, that's an important piece of the puzzle is if you are, if you did grow up in a very religious household, I think you are told from a young age, you getting married is the greatest achievement, right? Like, oh good, you're finally married. Like you've done it. This is it. So in your mind, this is it. This was your one big event until you have your required two and a half kids. And now there's nothing for you. Oh man, that half baby is going to be <laughs> weird looking. Real weird looking. No, you're, that's exactly right. 
I think it's normal to feel a letdown. I think that that comes after any big event. I was literally just thinking, I was like, oh man, work so hard for these arena shows and I can't believe they're over. I don't feel let down, but I do feel it's like this monumental thing you were waiting for. And because it didn't take every box, you're kind of like, wait, I, I thought we were going to celebrate more. No, your friends flew in. They wanted to go home. They had their lives. You were hoping it would be like, we'd all get breakfast the next day. We would do more. People, unless it's a destination wedding, kind of don't want to do that. Like real destination. You put so much into this. And even you're the one planning all of this. I know you think your husband helped plan the wedding, but you planned it. Just like you said, you are going to be planning the honeymoon. You will be raising the children. You will be in charge of these things. And when they don't go as well as you'd pictured, you feel let down. You feel like you only get like a few pops in this life. So I would look at all that. I don't think you're wrong for feeling that, but it should be a buzz versus a letdown. And your buzz is that you're married to your husband let go of the fact that people left. I think You that. still get to celebrate this with him. You can celebrate six months married together. Create more pops for yourself. I live this way. I look forward to something ends great. I know I'm going to get like a fun package in the mail. I know I've got a taping. I know I've got a movie premiere. Like I've got little things. You need to create these for yourself, whether it's with a hobby or your job. And it's okay if if they're only family specific. It's okay. It's a wonderful thing to look forward to a baby, but that baby will let you down eventually. So you need to be fulfilling yourself. Um, otherwise you will feel like this all the time. And I think it's fucking bullshit that he won't let you talk through this with him. Yeah. You have never really talked through and he's never really listened to you, which is why you're feeling the way he is and he's feeling the way he is. But for him to internalize it and make it personal... Like what? I tried to give you everything. I can't believe you're not happy with it. Like that has nothing to do with it. You're happy with him. You're disappointed that your shitbag friends couldn't go to brunch with you the next day. I'd be curious. Get ready for more of that being married, by the way. Well, I'm wondering what conversations have been had with the friends prior to it. Because here's what I'm thinking is that you see, oh, a Friday wedding. Okay, well, I'm taking Friday off. I'm maybe taking Thursday off to fly in. Oh, but look, I still have my weekend because no one, even your friends who love you are as excited for your wedding as you are. They're like, great, I celebrated it. Correct. Now I have my weekend to me. So I wonder if it was like, oh, and then the weekend, like we'll do fun stuff. Or it was like, hey, this is happening. RSVP. People just, they didn't mean to let you down. They really didn't. And I think if you were to share this with some of your friends, they might go, oh my gosh, if you had told me that, I would have stayed. Yeah. Or maybe you did and maybe they you are may not, pieces of crap. Maybe, but you may not have stated your expectations. Maybe in your mind, other weddings you'd gone to, it all seems so effortless. Nothing is, especially when it comes to events. Everything requires planning. There's no version where the friend's like, no, we have to stay. Let's go out for one more day where you get to be the bride. So you may not have stated it. And I think that this is a good lesson for your the rest of your life is saying what you want. Yeah. I want cocktails. I want this. I want this. I want you to help. I want this. I want this. Rather than not voicing it or not knowing to voice it and replacing it with co- demanded gratitude. Mm-hmm. Who is that serving? Like whoever you believe in, God isn't thinking you're not, you don't have gratitude. It's nobody's business how you express yourself with your higher power or how the conversations you have with yourself at night or how you give back. We only demand that women constantly be saying how grateful they are so that they don't seem too proud of themselves or too filled with hubris. You never, ever hear men talk about gratitude unless it's like a pastor 
to his congregation. Or like weird TED talkers. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's gratitude is a word reserved for women. It's been bothering me forever. Like I'm so grateful. Why? That you got what you deserved. Right. I never feel like I get enough. So of course I'm lucky and I count my blessings and I'm always thinking about the fact that like everything's on fire around me and somehow I seem to walk through it. But fuck anybody who thinks you're not being grateful enough. You got to get that out of your head. Also, we've talked be before. grateful. I told you that. We've talked before <sighs> about how things just go wrong in your wedding. You put so many hopes and expectations on it. So for you, the things didn't go wrong on the wedding day. It went wrong the day after. And that's okay that you're disappointed. Or there were a couple hiccups and that's a wedding. Like that's life. Mm-hmm. And the honeymoon's going to be the same way. I mean, I cut my honeymoon short. We missed two other countries because I was like, I can't be here. And it was imperfect but it set a great tone for our relationship. I said we have to leave and Noah made it happen rather than be mad at me or I can't believe we came all this way because I married the right person. So I'm not saying you didn't marry the right person. I'm just saying he needs to be with you and he needs to hear you. You might be talking about it a lot. Right. Like this guy might be like, all right, look, there is the version where he's like, I thought it was a great day. Like, I don't know what you want. Like you obsess about this. So it's definitely a middle ground there, but- Make more pops for yourself. And talk more to things your to look friends. forward to. Don't, go talk, talk to, to your friends, friends about it a little bit, not just your husband. Yeah. He cannot be your, I. he's not your savior. He's not your Lord and shepherd. He's not in charge of you. Ugh. What if Ugh. this person isn't religious and they're just so grateful? <laughs> I would be shocked. It's, it's all... It's all steeped in that. But yeah, maybe you are. And you can be and still, you can be grateful and still have notes. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Eliza, Emily, Hot Scotty, Sweet Baby Tree Frogs, Sierra May, and Incoming Baby Boy. Longtime fan, first time question asker. I guess I'll give my stats. Female, 25, recently graduated doctor. I have been dating. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That feels young. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. It seems so hard to do. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of school. Good for you. Good for you. I have been dating my partner, 28 male, for over three years. We live together and he has always been extremely supportive of all of my career ambitions as I started my own nonprofit while getting my doctorate. I I have an amazing- Give it it a rest. Oh, now I'm tired. I'm trying to put together a fundraiser for Israel and I cannot get one person (laughs) on board to perform with me. That's not true. Mark Maron said yes. But other than that, it's been really hard. You started a nonprofit? Fuck me. I have an amazing opportunity to expand my nonprofit, which focuses on providing free health care to communities that have high amounts of people without insurance. The problem, this opportunity would require well, me everywhere? to Everywhere? <laughs> yeah. This opportunity would require- Every city, everywhere? Okay. This opportunity would require me to move away for a year to year and a half. A few months ago, my boyfriend told me that I should take this opportunity as it is- one that is once in a lifetime, literally can only do it once, and fewer than 100 women have had the opportunity. A few days ago, however, he told me that he has been worried about me being away and how it would be a sacrifice for him too, which I had honestly not really thought about. He wanted to make a game plan for me being gone since we wouldn't be able to see each other in person very often. What do you and Noah do when you're gone uh-huh. for a long time? How do you balance work and make sure Noah uh-huh. does not feel that he takes a back burner in your life? I've asked other people and their answers have been, quote, you can't plan when you don't know your future schedule, but I'm really hoping your infinite wisdom can at least give me some direction. Thanks, Dr. M. I can't tell if your boyfriend loves you and doesn't want to lose you or is like, let's make a plan so I can sleep with other people and we can pick back up later. Let's assume number one. It sounds like he's feeling... 
Okay, it sounds like he's feeling insecure about your future. And I, I don't know, is this someone you want to marry? Like, is this someone you see a future with? Because if it is, then the understanding has to be like, this is just a blip in a very long-term plan. And this is just what needs to be done. And it's so great that he's encouraging you to do that. And that's sweet that he's like, you need to do this, but I'm feeling sad and scared. And usually it's the other way. It's women that are like telling their boyfriends like, yeah, go do your thing, but how am I going to cope without you? So you have to honor his, if that is what it is. Noah and I, I've never been away from him for a year and a half. Um, and I am lucky that he is able to come with me or bring our family for things. But I think be very gentle with this man's heart because it seems like he loves you. Doesn't If it is this, that he doesn't loves you, doesn't want to lose you, you say, hey, I will be back September 1st of 2024. Here are the weekends I will have free. Here are the ones that I'm going to fly back. Here's where you'll fly. Here's where we can meet each other. Like, let's talk about this. Like, show him that you want that versus like, I don't know. I'm sure we'll work it out. If this is the guy for you, if it's worth it, because if it is, it should be relatively simple simply because you're both willing to try. Right. Right. Ask it, him. Be like, what would make you feel comfortable? The fact that his initial response was, yes, go for it, is I think a really good sign. He's like, yeah. yes, do it. And now he's thinking about the reality. He's like, oh, no, you're about to leave and I'm sad. I wouldn't take that as that he wants to change anything about you. But yeah, you need to be like, I will call you at least yeah. once a week. We will FaceTime. Like there has to be some... No work on your end to stick together. Don't make promises like that because if you miss it, that people start to get resentful. But I do think when people are right for each other, the communication is easy. The texting is easy. You know, you'll see them at Christmas. Can he come? Can he move there? Can he come for three weeks? You'll make it work. A year and a half is not that long. And if it sets you up for life, that's an incredible thing. Just keeping it super open. And that extends to him as well for how he's feeling. When he's feeling bad. Yeah. But don't definitely do this thing. Don't not do this thing. <laughs> definitely do this thing. Unless you do too much. But definitely do this thing. Yeah. Okay. This question about a clingy friend is there's some backstory, but then there was a follow-up. And the follow-up, well, I knew exactly where I was going the minute I read a movie name. And I want to see if you if you have the same reaction. So, Okay. Hi, Liza and Co. I'm a huge fan of you in the pod. As we all know, you're an advocate for cutting ties, but I was wondering if you think it's possible to backpedal a friendship. Context, I'm a 24-year-old girl. So is my friend. I've known her since high school and we were friendly, but I didn't really like her. We started hanging out after high school and now six years later, she's calling me her best friend. She deals with depression, anxiety, ADHD, and an eating disorder, and I am her primary source of support. In addition to being Oof. very needy, she does weird things like constantly check my location on Snapchat, monitor my snap score she, so she knows if I'm ignoring her. She also will randomly ask to see my boobs, which I don't love. Unrelated, she also got on Ozempic and has lost significant weight. She was not overweight to begin with. I could tell she feels a certain way about being thinner than me when the opposite used to be true. She's always asking me to comment on her body, asking how she looks, trying clothes or taking off clothes in front of me. I really don't like that she's asked me to contribute to her problematic relationship with her body. I feel like I can't cut this friendship off because she has major abandonment issues and is crazy insecure and has several times made me swear that I don't secretly hate her and that I won't stop being her friend. I've always reassured her and told her what she wants to hear, so I've really dug my own grave. She's a fun hang every once in a while, but being her full support system is too much. Okay. 
So here's the update. Update, something weird We're happened. getting married. We drank wine and watched Jennifer's body. And then after... Wait, hold on. I was going to say, before you say this, Emily, I'm like, does this, this girl have a crush on you? Because she's treating you like a boyfriend. She is monitoring you. She's possessive. She wants to... Sh- okay, I was going to say it before you said Jennifer's body. Your safe word. <laughs> we drank wine. <laughs> we drank wine and watched Jennifer's body. And then after, when we were hanging out, things got weird. She changed into pajamas and wasn't wearing underwear and then asked if I wanted to see her vagina. And I said, sure, if you want me to see it. So she showed me and was being like, oh no, is this actually someone's weird thing? But see how my lips are lopsided? Then she said, now you have to show me yours. To which I responded, no, I don't. But then later she asked me again. She also grabbed my boobs in a joking way because she wanted to see how heavy they were. Earlier, she also wanted to talk about sex a lot because she's seeing a new guy. But the way she talks about sex is kind of gross. Like, she gets way too horny with it. The whole night had a weird vibe. For context, we have changed in front of each other and seen each other naked before. And I'm not a prude. I'm a very open person. I am bisexual and she is not. But she has expressed being bi-curious in the past, saying she would Uh. make out with a girl but wouldn't go any further. I'm not attracted to her. But I think because I am attracted to women, she's using me to get sexual validation that she is desirable. Oh, and I feel really okay. icky and kind of used. Yes, we had some wine, but neither of us were super drunk, so I don't feel like I can blame the alcohol. I have a bad history of being taken advantage of and even assaulted by male friends, so to feel this kind of energy in a female Jesus. friendship is unsettling. At this point, I feel like I never want to see her again, but I know if I try to let it fade, yep. she won't let it. I don't want to do anything drastic like ghost her or accuse her of being sexually weird toward me. I feel like I've let everything fester for so long now. There's no way to deal with this rationally. Help. How old are you? 24. This feels very, very... Yeah, oh boy. Very, very, very young. Listen to me. You are not your sister's keeper. You are not responsible for any of this girl's bullshit. Okay? Listen to me, even if she kills herself, that is not your fault. This girl, and I'm not saying she will or any of these things mean that, but like we, at the end of the day, we own our own actions and we, these are our choices. I think you actually tapped into something. That that was a roller coaster of a story. But girls do that sometimes when you know the other girl's gay or it's like a safe thing. You're like, I can flirt. Yeah, like, what are you doing? There's something up with this girl. She is taking advantage of you. You need to cut this off. Block her on all things, but write her an email or a text. You're 24, so I don't know what kind of weird... Maybe it's just in the TikTok comment section. Maybe it's just a blurb on Be Real. I don't know. And you say to her, hey... It's tough because she'll take it like, what? Now you're shaming me for being bi-curious? You are not a guinea pig. When you're a gay person or a bi person or whatever version of the sexual spectrum, you are not there for another person's entertainment. You're just not. You have your sexuality figured out so far and she doesn't. And those things are not okay. They're not okay if you're both straight. No. It's okay to see each other naked. We all change in front of each other. It's okay to be like, can I show you my vagina? It's lopsided. But it felt like she was like testing the waters and it does feel like she leans on you for the emotional support of a partner. So yeah. you write her an email and you just say, I can't do this anymore. You don't have to say it like that. The other night made me uncomfortable. I 
I think I need to take a step back from this. I don't like the way you monitor me. I don't like the way it made me feel the other night. You didn't take advantage of me or anything, but I just need a break. However you want to word it. Like, listen to what you just wrote in. And I would document those things. You don't have to give her like huge examples. You don't owe her anything. But for her to like make you promise you would never leave her. By the way, this is the kind of girl that one day just like meets some dude and moves to New Mexico and you never hear from her. Do whatever you want, but you will spend a lot of time and energy sacrificing your own happiness to make sure this girl feels okay. And in the end, she's just using you. She may not even be meaning to do it in a bad way, but this is not a relationship that's going to uh, have an ROI at all. So you need to get out of it. You could just send her a text. You could ghost her. It doesn't fucking matter because this person will not be in your life eventually. And she'll tell people like, yeah, she got really prude. Even the fact that you said, I'm not a prude, who fucking cares? Even if you are. Like, I don't know why, because you're like sexually open that that means you have to be sexually open to all things at all times. So who cares if you're bi or bi-curious or gender fluid? You were not attracted to her or you secretly are and you don't want to talk about it, but she's treating you like a boyfriend. And that is a weird thing in a female relationship when one girl is acting like the carefree crazy girl and like you have to be her rock. Opt out immediately. Think about everything that this person said. Like if that was a man, I'd be like, put him in jail. Like what? Like this is, this person has pushed your boundaries so many times. Her being a straight woman does not make that okay. It's disgusting. Also, if the roles were reversed and she was saying that to a guy, he'd be like, you're a psycho. Now get my name tattooed on your forehead <laughs> and stop calling me. Yeah. This girl has too many issues. You're not, you don't have the time to deal with it. Start spending time with other people and you can either phase her out or just write her an email and be like, I don't want to do this anymore. This doesn't feel good. The other night clenched it for me. I think you use me too much. This is not a conversation. This is not a dialogue. This is me telling you I'm drawing a boundary. And I need to step back. Block, 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 block. Yeah. What's she going to do? Act crazy still? Like, she's already acting crazy. So cut it off. I mean, we've given her like so much leeway here. You've, you've, look, it's hard. To, it's hard to make boundaries. When you're 24, it's really hard to make boundaries. So you've set no boundaries with this woman and she has just continued to push. So when you set a boundary now, it's going to shock her. And she's going to be like, I don't believe this boundary because you've never kept any of your old ones, but you got to keep to it. This, this lady, you, you don't want her. The other side is you are attracted to her. And that's why you let her walk all over you. And that's why you're there for her because deep down you're in this weird sort of Stockholm syndrome relationship. And it's like a lady doth situation. And you do want to be close to her because maybe she is attractive. So you got to get your priorities straight and decide in the future what you're willing to put up with because she is treating you the way you've allowed her to treat you. But it's okay to blindside her and just be like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm breaking up with you. Yeah. You don't owe her anything. Mm-mm. Hey, Eliza, Emily, and all affiliated gang, please cue Hot Scotty theme music. Hot Scotty number one, number one, Hot Scotty. Hot Scotty number two, number two, Hot Scotty. I, 31 female, have a question about the biz. Eliza, recently you posted a clip on Instagram from Freezing Hot about pumpkin everything, prompting me to rewatch the special as a seasonal treat. 
I giggled when I heard you talk about eating a handful of deli <laughs> turkey and two Starbursts and thought to myself, oh, yeah, girl dinner, because of the current online trend of women noting they'd rather right. pick at snacks than have a full meal. This, of course, was filmed years before TikTok took over the internet, so kudos on the foresight. Mm-hmm. My question is, mm-hmm. do you get notified if certain of your specials spike around a particular time of year? The jacket bit and it being fall motherfucker would make me think that this special will be rewatched around now. Does Netflix upkeep their demographic stats and forward them to you? Basically, do they keep you in the loop on who's watching what and when? Love you all on the pod. For my baby moon last year, me and my husband flew to Toronto to see you closing night at the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. I had such an amazing time. And Pete Tianfu from backstage, truly a vision. I since have my baby girl, and she's also a fan. Lots of love. Rebecca from Newfoundland, Canada. The baby has a onesie that says, Cashew Air, it's time to flu. <laughs> I love it. Newfoundland. Um, you don't get notifications. As we all know, Netflix is very clandestine about its metrics. Uh, but I will, I know that in the fall is when people post that freezing hot clip about jackets and it's fall motherfucking all. Like, I know that that has a lot to do with the girl culture and sort of our response to fall. And I'm glad to be a part of it. I don't get notifications. Um, and that's the answer. But sometimes you see things Actually, no, the answer well, is no. But you did something really brilliant because you knew that you didn't get that info from Netflix, so you put Thank hashtags. You. Yes, I did for a very long time, but nobody really uses hashtags anymore. It's no, more just but. like hashtag your name. But for a while, I did that to track it. Uh, it's less about a spike, and it's, I mean, and it's more about just the way the ticket sales are. So you know that you're, I guess, that it continues to spike because people continue to buy tickets. But no, there's no notification that more people are watching it. I wish. My own private Nielsen box. They're not going to tell you. Then they have to give you more. Top of the cob. Taste the top of the cob. You're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My top of the cob is so not something I ever thought I'd do. But being a parent is just you realizing all the things you never thought you would do that you do them. Uh, Sierra... We're potty training her and she's been doing a great job just wearing her little little underwear around the house, doing fine. And she made pee-pee in the potty today and our nanny came in and was like, Sierra wants you to come see it because I make a really big deal. So I came, it's just like a little bit of pee-pee in her like tiny little uh, pink potty. And I love getting excited for her. because so I was like, pee-pee in the potty and watching her face light up because it doesn't matter what age you are, like your parents' approval means the world. And then I give her <laughs> these like puffy soy crackers I got in Japan and I call them pee-pee crackers, not to be confused with the urinal cake. And I like parade her around the house and I hold her and I spin her around and I give her one <laughs> tiny pee-pee cracker. I didn't but get the this look on her face. My mom gave me a raisin. Uh, I'm very reward incentivized but just just seeing her face light up when I yelled pee pee on the potty was just so special (laughs) oh scrumptious my top of the cob is it was very sweet my um my cats turned one last week and my mom was like, we want to come over and bring them a gift. And I was like, okay. So they came over on the Aww. weekend and they brought- Why do you like, give your mom that voice? Why do you make I'm it like sorry. she's a nag? That's a she, nice thing. Like, it was a nice thing. Bring them a 
gift. It was a nice yeah. thing. And she's like, and, and a nice woman in her exercise class, her, her cat had passed. And so she gave my mom all of the toys to give to me for my cats. So they came over. My dad brought me the little M&M holder thing. And I was like, this is so nice. Just I saw having, that. Just having my parents come to my house and bring me things. And he's like, oh, I'll help you get this yeah. hammock back in the Amazon box. Oh, let me put the, I'll help with the holes in the side of your house. And I'm like, this is great. I love having someone to help me. I'm sure they would love to do it more. That sounds great. I've always wanted to have a handy dad. It's like, no, I'll build it for you. I don't know how how handy no any of the Higginses are, but we can Google. You're like, we're really good at Googling and filing a customer complaint and putting the return label back on the Amazon package. Mm-hmm. Fan, Fan top. top. Hello, Eliza and Emily. My top of the cup is that with Eliza's inspiration from her specials in this podcast, my new husband and I had the perfect wedding and as we did it all our way with no weird traditions. I can tell Eliza about our Scandinavian wedding when I see her in Stockholm in December. And yes, I will oh. bring friends. We will be in the first row and I have my VIP ticket from... Mrs. Ingmarsen. Ingmarsen. That's awesome. Good for you. Oh my God, a Scandi wedding. It's, I bet you everybody, I bet you each guest more gorgeous than the next. <laughs> bottom of the cob. Uh, my bottom of the cob comes direct to you from my jet blue flight home from JFK. This is any flight. Uh, when you buy a ticket, part of the money you spend on that ticket is the right to exit the plane ahead of all the people behind you. And it really bothered me. I'm And I was leaving my seat. It's not like I was getting my things together. It really bothers me when someone behind you, and, and I don't want to hear like, oh, maybe they had a connecting flight. They didn't. Okay? They didn't. You were not dressed for Hawaii. You were not going to Hawaii. They were just rude. When they shuffle, they run past you. I'm like, I'm literally getting in the aisle. Like, you couldn't wait 1.5 seconds. I was literally doing it. Like, that's my right. Like, that's my time that I've bought with this ticket oh, is the time right. to put my foot into the aisle and walk out, it bothers me. Like, oh, cool. And now we're all just like walking to the exit together. I hope that 1.5 seconds comes in handy when you step in front of a bus. <laughs> just rude. Just rude. My bottom of the cob is emails just keep on coming, huh? Everybody just keeps sending emails. Everybody wants something. Hey, guys. Huh? Everybody <laughs> wants something. Set up a spam filter at work and use choice coworker names and just filter them out and be like, I never got it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> Sorry. And Fan bottom. A bartender's bottom of the cob. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Tianfu, Sierra, and Hot Scotty. I'm a bartender in Nashville and nothing bothers me more than the following. When people put straws in drinks that do not need a straw. I see people put straws oh. in martini glasses, wine glasses, old-fashioned slash rocks glasses. I eat glasses for cocktails with a big square or spherical ice cube. Why I hate this. Number one, obviously we don't need more tiny plastic objects infiltrating the environment. Number two, it looks ridiculous to have a straw stick out of a wine glass. Three, Here's the general rule. If a drink does not have normal ice cubes or something that needs to be stirred in like a lemon or lime wedge, it doesn't need a straw of any size. Smelling the drink enhances uh-huh. the flavor and you lose that when you drink it out of a straw. So anything stirred slash shaken and then strained, old-fashioned, martini, or wine, mimosa, etc., should not have one. If it's a lipstick thing, ladies, get a good matte lipstick. It doesn't come off as easily and leaves less residue on the glass. Love, your friendly neighborhood bartender. Arreus. Arreus, you're totally right. It is such, I was going to say, unfortunately, this is only women you're talking about. Get over yourselves. You look dumb when you use a straw. I don't care about your fucking lipstick. And I'm over, like, at, at coffee places, they give you the sippy lids. The people who put the straw 
in the sippy lid. Do not DM me like I have a muscular issue. Fine. The 1% of people that require a straw, great. This was the part of the whataboutism when we were talking about getting rid of plastic straws. Like, I need it. I need my straw. Great. Take your fucking straw. The rest of you, you look so dumb. If you put a plastic straw in a sippy cup lid, and I didn't know people did what you're talking about, but I'll file them under this same phylum, I don't trust you to vote. Like, it's a dumb person thing. It's up there with decals of your family on your car. It's up there with Amazon finds you must have. It's up there with people who drink bloom greens. It's up there with people who collect Stanley tumblers. And don't even get me started on the male side of this. We'll start with inspirational podcasts. There's just swaths of people who are just not thinking about it. And I also put up there just the people that give you straws with your water at a restaurant, straws with every soda. Like not everything needs, what are we doing? They create fine lines. Yeah, now you know. Now you know. Now make a choice. It's a weird, dumb, selfish, environmentally wrecking default. (laughs) Who knew I had such strong feelings? I knew you would. Yeah, you knew it. Folks, I'll be in and around LA the next few weeks, but then you can come see me. Take a little vacation. Take a little quick trip uh, to the win in Las Vegas, October 27th and 28th. We added a show at the Daughters of the American Revolution Hall, the DAR in Washington, D.C. on November 4th. We've added a show, one show, but we added this recently, uh, in San Jose on November 11th. And we added a show at the Schnitzer, the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall in Portland, on November 17th and we added a show in Seattle November 18th and of course we've got all the tour dates for Europe up and London we've got two shows two huge shows at the Evan Tim Apollo Evan Tim uh, December 6th and December 8th so hop a train grab a ticket board a Ryan Air flight do what you gotta do and I will see you on the road and remember it's not that you're bisexual that's the issue it's that You're watching Jennifer's body. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... (laughs) The charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.